0: The relentless assaults of the risen dead on the makeshift barriers caused the deaths and subsequent risings of more than a hundred people. The fires from the abandoned parts of Ann Arbor that reached the perimeter of the hospital and the smoke was pouring into the perimeter, effectively blinded the defenders. Though the smoke and flames didn't seem to hinder the risen dead in the least, things were moving faster than Lisa and Sam anticipated. They had already pulled their perimeter back four times since the evacuation orders were given. The fighting now was on the steps and courtyards of the hospital and surrounding buildings. Lisa ran down the hallway leading from the parking structure to the main hospital. She needed to make sure that everyone that was coming with them were cleared out. She was infuriated by the number of people who decided that staying in the hospital with the risen dead and the fires encircling them was the wiser course of action. She'd begged and cajoled as many of them as she could, but just shy of three hundred people were leaving with her. She could sort of see the points that the others made, the biggest of which was that all they needed to do was shut off the elevators and block the fire stairs. Then the risen dead would never get past the ground floor. There would be tons of food and water there, because the people leaving could only carry a fraction of what was stored in the hospital. But secretly, deep down in a dark place that she never would admit existed to anyone, Lisa was glad that not so many of them decided to stay. It meant that there were less people that they would have to feed and care for, and less gasoline that they would have to scrunge once they ran out of all that they were carrying. She'd finally decided to leave a quarter of the weapons and ammunition with them. They'd been howls of protests. She'd pointed out, with the help of Captain Sims and several of the guardsmen, that since they were going out into the madness, they needed the weapons more than people that would be relatively safe behind thick walls. She rounded one last corner of the abandoned emergency department. Everyone who was staying were already upstairs, and unclipped the radio from her hip. This is Sutton, the ED is clear, the radio crackled, and then there were responses from the other people that had gone back into the building to check for stragglers and people that might have changed their minds. This is Sims. Cafeteria and dining areas are clear. Laundry and housekeeping clear. Maintenance is clear. Lobby and reception clear. The litany continued until everyone was accounted for. Once she was convinced that they'd done their due diligence, she gave the order. She lifted the radio to her face and spoke the words that sealed the destinies of them all. All sentries fall back to the parking structure. The ground floors and sublevels are now abandoned. She then began running as fast as she could back toward the temporary safety of the parking structure. She turned the final corner leading to the parking structure and nearly ran into him. She thought he was one of the people who decided to stay at the hospital. From the look of the bandages hidden under his coat, he'd been hiding a very severe abdominal wound that finally killed him. He was over six feet tall and maybe three hundred pounds. He blocked the entire hallway. That was her only sure route to safety. "'Ah, fuck,' she said as she slid to a stop ten feet in front of him. In the distance, she could hear the sounds of the dead coming through the abandoned barriers and entering the hospital. There were just too many of the tempered ground-to-ceiling glass panels on the first floor to even think about securing it from them. Her hand went to the pistol on her hip by reflex. She stayed it when she realized that the report would just attract more of them. The man moaned and began to stumble and shuffle toward her, his mouth agape.